Welcome to It's a Lock, the industry leader in delivering world-class news, views, and analysis related to sports and sports betting. We promise to stuff every episode with square takes, losing streaks, kisses of death, and good old-fashioned degeneracy. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent, and with me, as always, is Mad Money Mike. All right, welcome to It's a Lock Podcast, episode number 13. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent. With me, as always, Mad Money Mike. How you doing, Mike? Hey, yo, great to be here, Big Bet Brent. Man, I feel like it's been uh, many a moon. Good to hear your voice again. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, we did a pod last week with uh, Nitty Nate, which uh, you know worked out pretty well for uh, the deep dive into MLB. But uh, I haven't heard your voice in a while. I'm definitely looking forward to... To touching uh, touching base, see how seeing how you're doing. But uh, before we do that, first let's quick go into uh, a quick uh, overview of what we're going to be talking about today. So I labeled this episode "Rounding the Sports Bases." So uh, we'll be covering touching on you know not too in depth on uh, on any particular sport, but uh, talking a little bit of golf. Uh, you know, recapping uh, the RBC Heritage, which was last weekend, and then uh, upcoming Zero Classic. Um, doing some discussion on uh, Major League Baseball and then briefly touching on uh, the NBA and the NHL. And then next week we'll be focusing on the NFL draft, which will be the following weekend, closing it out with some lock picks and diaper dad diaries. So, um, yeah, with that, Mad Money Mike, how you doing, man? Didn't, uh, you know, like, like we were just saying, didn't hear from you last week. I don't know what's going on, man. What's up? Just swimming in, uh, swimming in dadhood, man. I'm sure you can uh, empathize with that, man. It, it hits you, and and sometimes it, it comes on strong, you know. And there's just, uh, there's obviously no escaping it, you know. And um, the 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 cold hard reality is that uh, you know podcasts have to yield to the needs of the babe, you know. That's the that's the world we're living in. So. <laughs> Yeah, I've been a little uh, inundated. I was definitely sad to uh, to miss uh, the pod with uh, with Nitty Nate, but I am glad that he has uh, made his his uh, it's a lock debut, and um, you know we've got the MLB ball rolling as a result. And I think um, you know uh, in a in a couple more weeks, I think we're going to get some more time from Nitty, and uh, I'll be able to join. We'll do a little little trio cast and kind of recap where we're at on MLB and, and how the model is uh, evolving, if you will. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's that's kind of uh, what's been, uh, you know, new in my neck of the woods, man. I'm just I'm happy to be out here in uh, Sound Studio B. The uh, the baby's still screaming in the background, but the mother in law is in town. So I've got uh, a little bit of freedom and we can uh talk some sports man talk some sports and talk some locks you know yeah yeah i uh i definitely agree with all those comments and, and we'll definitely dive into uh nitty nate's model here in a little bit but uh i guess just as a little teaser i'm not sure we'll be able to drag nitty nate back onto the podcast after the kiss of death we put on his big dumb model so oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, with that, I guess one quick announcement. So, um, like we've been talking about the sweet T-shirts, you can check them out on our uh, on our Twitter account at It's a Lock Podcast. Um, the first official sponsorship of It's a Lock Podcast was completed last this this most recent weekend with uh, the volleyball team at Fud's tournament. Uh, it was a smashing success. Uh, we got ninth place in the men's quads tournament, third place in the men's doubles. And we just barely missed the playoffs in the co-eds, in the co-ed draw. So, um, a whole lot of fun, um, you know, kissing babies, you know, spreading the word, just being an ambassador for the pod. Um, you know, really uh, hoping that the, any new listeners, you know, check us out on Twitter at It's Lock Podcast. Let, let us know if you found out about us um, from, from the FUDS tournament. And also just, uh, you know, a shout out to our, our loyal listeners of uh, – You'd like to be sponsored? Send us a tweet. Let us know, uh, you know what uh, what you're interested in and what you're hoping to sign up for, and uh, maybe we can make something happen. Love so. it, man. Love it. That's uh, 
that's those are some pretty uh those are some pretty stout finishes man it sounds like um sounds like old big bet brent has got a uh is got a you know a pretty uh profound talent on the old uh on the old volleyball court if you will is it sand you guys play sand or court volleyball what's the what's the format yeah, yeah, it's all out on uh, the Pensacola Beach. Is that our, actually Fort Walton Beach? So it's all uh, all beach volleyball, and oh, uh, nice. you know we, we we had to make a decision. You know, do we want to go for for placing, or do we want to try and you know be good competition? So you know, signed up for the for the youth division. So uh, able to really <laughs> pound town. <laughs> nah, just kidding. But uh, yeah, we, we had a really good time, and uh, it's uh, it was a whole lot of fun, and. Uh, might uh might post yeah i think we did post a picture too on our twitter account so um definitely uh please check those out um well hey one other thing i had from the announcement standpoint stand front uh before we get into talking about golf was um i had just seen a lot of recent um good news you know good news stories about sports betting legislation being passed and i thought that would be useful information for our loyal listeners who you know as we continue to grow um, maybe listening from you know, all across you know this great nation, and so um, I just listed them out here. Recent uh, you know states that passed legislation, so not saying that you know they can start betting right now, but you know the wheels are in motion. Maryland, New York, and Arizona successfully passed legislation, and Texas and Florida are really close to passing it this month. Um, so I. I you know, being in Louisiana, having to work with you, Mad Money Mike, with the Oregon Lottery scoreboard, um, not having, a- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not having access. Um, you know, we definitely can't wait, and uh, I think this is just you know a general good trend that I hope continues. Um, you know, for just you know giving the people what they want. So, wait, wait, am I reading? Am I reading here that Louisiana did pass legislation late last year? Yeah, so we are in like that limbo state where it got passed, but now they just have to build out the legislation. So I don't understand why we can't just like copy and paste. But uh, apparently, in my mind, I'm sure there's like back, you know, back alley deals and grease and pockets and stuff that, um, you know, the money aspect of things. But yeah, um, I think that uh, I'm hope. I think they said like by 2022, or I'm hoping that by football season this year. Um, They'll have everything set up. So I hope they let us do draft can- or calf drinks and uh, Dan Fuel <laughs> instead of like Louisiana lottery scoreboard. But uh, hey, I'll, I'll take anything at this point. You know what I mean? I can't wait to write some pissed off letters to the Louisiana lottery scoreboard. Oh, yeah. yeah it's uh, believe me, I've been, I've been firing them off and it feels good. It's, I call it therapy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's based good. on that. Yeah, congrats, man. I am uh I'm 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 pumped uh I'm pumped that we may have some more options, you know, for sure. We uh you know, it's uh it's come on, man. It's basic freedoms, you know. If we want to bet on sports, well, you know, yeah. it's like how many how many how many times does that word freedom get thrown around, you know, but like they're telling us, but we're not going to let you do something that literally doesn't hurt anybody, it's nothing. They're just like, no, you don't have the freedom to bet on, come on man so what, see that, what uh, really the, grinds my what really grinds my gears is how i see all these commercials for like the louisiana state lottery like right. literally a lottery but, they, but they're like nope no sports betting that's gambling so yeah that boggles yeah. my mind it is fascinating do you think um you know I've, you know obviously everything's up for debate but do you think that it is a result of sports you know athletes uh finally making enough money so i guess there's an argument that in the past because sports you know players athletes got paid so little you know this is like the past past but not that not that far in the past um that it really opened the door for uh fraud because you could make more money by throwing games and betting and stuff than you could on your actual salary now fast forward players are finally making enough money that there's you know that there's no way that you could like you know throw games like you'd have to place bets that are so incredibly big to make up for you know that 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 wouldn't happen anymore so like now that finally 
this day and age. They're getting paid enough. It kind of takes the fraud thing out the window, and that's the reason why it's finally happening. You take any credence in that, or like, what do you? No, like, I don't. I think that this more has to do with it's some old antiquated rule or law that got put in because brick and mortar casinos or you know, just like similar to a prohibition. I don't exactly know why, but I just think it's an old law that is just now finally getting getting enough, you know, motion behind it. I mean, just to give you an idea of like why I think this way, driving two FUDs, the volleyball tournament I was just talking about, like last year, we stopped at a gas station on a Sunday morning and they would not let us buy alcohol until like afternoon. And I was like, mm-hmm. what country am I in? I mean – I, I wish I could say that they were thinking about what you were, you know, mentioning as being the main reason. But in reality, I, I, I just I guess maybe I'm cynical about why things are, particularly with politics. And so I think that it's uh, just people, you know, out for their own good. And uh, we suffer, you know, the, 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 the common layman suffers. And so yeah. we're That's stuck, true. you know, sending text messages and betting off the Oregon Lottery scoreboard until uh, until finally, you know, of course, money talks, you know, and so when yeah. they finally see the revenue that this will bring in, I'm surprised it's not moving faster. But I guess finally, the you know, they're connecting the dots. So, yep, 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 for sure. Well, no need to debate it. It is what it is. And uh, we're making a turnaround. So just be happy with uh, be happy with that. And, uh, you know, and, uh, and and with that, man, let's um, let's uh, let's, let's talk golf, huh? golf, man. God, golf season is the best. RBC Heritage Recap. Dude, the ageless wonder Stuart Sink. Well, did you did you catch it? I I was about to ask you that. Like I thought it was called the Stuart Sink show. Um, but then I found out like, oh my gosh, it's actually the RBC Heritage. Um well, the, I did yeah, not go ahead. <laughs> no, I was, I was just I was I'm sorry, I was just gonna say, yeah, because he's only got eight wins now. I think he only had seven. He's now got eight wins. Three of them are now at the RBC, so he's like, what is that, like 40% or whatever of his of his career wins have come at the RBC. Now, he is a major winner. I don't know if, uh, if, if our listeners remember this or not, but Stuart Sink played, spoiler, uh, Tom Watson, old Tom Watson was going to become like the oldest major winner ever, just having like, you know, catching lightning in a bottle moment at the British Open uh, a few years back. I think he missed like an eight foot putt for par. Actually, what's crazy is that he was uh, he was like just short of the green in in two or whatever. All he had to do it was like a very simple up and down, and he like uh, hit it over the green. This is Tom Watson I'm talking about. Hit it over the green. Then all he had to do was get up and down, you know, for the ch- with the chip, and he chipped it up, but it was not a great chip. Left himself like eight feet. Duffs the par putt. So he doesn't win. Now has to go to a playoff, and Stuart Sink wins. Um, so I've always had this like thing in my mind about like Stuart Sink. Like, damn man, you like took that victory from old Tom Watson, uh, and <laughs> but now here he is. And I thought maybe the same thing was going to happen to him. I actually thought Colin Morikawa was going to like come from behind. He had been like striping the ball, and Colin Morikawa, the young buck, the new age prodigy lays an absolute turd on sunday look at the leaderboard on sunday <laughs> everybody was under par it was an under par fest and i think colin shot like one over i don't know if he made a god stroke back and shot even par but i don't think he did i think he was one over and uh laid an absolute turd so that was interesting because i'm sure you remember in the past i said colin look out for him if he's in contention on sunday and he's playing well he's gonna make us a lot of money what happened turd so yeah <laughs> is that a black book entry well, I'm. I've got like I've almost got lead to paper. I'm. I'm right there. I like I've started the C, but I'm not gonna. I just. I don't know if I'm gonna write <laughs> Corey Connor's name a second time or if that C is gonna become Colin Morikawa. I'm not sure yet. But uh, uh, it, yeah, but I anyways, did have to call a couple of questions about this. Yeah, is, is is this Stuart Sink's home course or something? Or like how? Why is he winning this tournament so often? Because I heard this was his third victory, and I was like something's up about this like we is this something like we need to start investigating like is this the player's home course or previous wins or what's going on here uh yeah uh great question um i do like you said no it's his uh you know it's his third win he um 
you know, in, in terms of like uh, the home course, you know, situation, I know he's an Alabama guy. Um, I think Birmingham or Huntsville or something like that. He's an Alabama guy. Um, so he's not from South Carolina. I just don't know if maybe at some point in time he like moved to South Carolina or something like that. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, man, three, you know, three out of now eight victories at one course is, uh, pretty wild stuff, man. And so I did have a chance to watch, uh, you know, quite a bit of this and, um, I just kept waiting for him to choke. It was fascinating. So his son was caddying for him and they were, it was like, I don't even know how to explain what it was like watching it. They were doing this thing. And like, you know, now I don't know if you've noticed watching golf lately, but they really got all this emphasis on like, you know, kind of the microphone, like listening in, it's like a little kind of mic'd up moment, you know, for golf. And so him yeah, yeah. and his son poured over every detail. It was like, painstaking and you know i guess in a way it was kind of cute because it was father son but in another way it was like almost kind of cringeworthy he was just like on and on about like every little detail and i just kept thinking like this is going to get in his head like there's no way that this can go on for like four rounds so this is eventually going to get in his head and uh and his age at 47 with all this like you know the father son thing and like going on and on and the son kind of had this like bravado and like in one of the interviews i think it was after round two the son was like oh i call the shots like huh, huh, like made a joke and you know i'm sure like whatever that's like cute father something but i just thought like it felt like the thing that was going to come back to bite you but it just <laughs> kept working he just didn't make any mistakes and i don't know what footage of putts he finished with on sunday but i know he was on track through late in the round to have the shortest amount of putts made of any finishing round winner ever. I think he'd only made like 19 feet of putts through like 16 (laughs) holes. So what he was doing, he was hitting greens, lagging them up there and tapping in for a foot. And he just kept doing that. And there's all these moments where he's like, oh, ball behind a stick, boom, gets it on the green, like, Ball behind a club of grass, boom, gets it on a green. Like, giant, massive magnolia tree in the way, boom, gets it on the green. It was unbelievable to watch. I I couldn't – I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, man. It was – in my eyes, it defied all odds, and uh, and nobody could catch them. Uh, And it – what can you say, man? Tip of the cap, you know? It was a a unique one. And if if you've been betting on golf, you've been having any, you know, kind of good luck on golf and, and, you know, following who's playing well, I do feel like it was a tournament – where um, you could have made some money on uh, on top twenty, you know, based on who had been playing well. Uh, I wish that I would have had a chance to uh, to live tweet this. I'm going to do the embarrassing thing where you like say, um, you know, a bet that you like would have made, but you never tweeted or anything. So who knows if I'm lying or not? But I really was uh, looking at both Corey Connors and Colin Morikawa to finish in the top twenty. They both did. Uh, just two players that have been playing well, and the way they hit the ball on a shorter course. It's a it's a you know, it's a ball placement course. Uh, so it looked like a tournament where you could have made some money on, on top 20 finish. Uh, but if you were looking to pick a winner, I'd be real interested to hear if anybody stuck with Stuart Sink after those back-to-back opening round 63s felt like a real setup to, to, to pit her out on the weekend. But he, uh, he stuck with it, man, and uh, tip of the cap. Yeah, I was going to say I'm fortunate that I was playing at that volleyball tournament because, as you likely remember, your wallet got a little bit fatter at the Masters where I didn't believe that Matsuyama would hang on to the victory. So when you know when I saw Stewart sink you know, up by four strokes and like a whole pack of hungry wolves four strokes behind him, I, was, I, I couldn't wait to try and lay some money on the field there too. So – um, saved me some money and uh, you know, definitely did not believe in the old Stewart sink. So, yeah, yeah, fascinating stuff, man. Well, that uh, that takes us right into the Zurich Classic, and I think a little, uh, I think a little, little piece of news from you about the Zurich Classic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just found out yesterday that I will be attending the Whoa. Saturday round of the Zurich Classic. Want to give a huge <laughs> shout out to. My main man, uh, Ruben Alumbres, for snagging an extra ticket for me. But um, I've been to this event before. It's at the uh, 
the TPC Louisiana, you know, just uh, 15, 20 minutes from my house here in the uh, New Orleans area. Um, it's a blast. It's the only team tournament that uh, awards FedEx points. And uh, I've got I've got it pulled up here. It's it's almost got like a little bit of a, a Ryder Cup element to it. You know, we've got teams playing. Um, it's a lot more it's a lot more casual. Um, they, they alternate between playing uh, alternate shot and then taking best ball or best uh, score for the whole. They call it four ball and foursomes as the two uh, the two types of games that they play. But that doesn't make any like that doesn't explain it well to me. But uh, nevertheless, that being said, um, the course is gorgeous. The you know the Zurich Classic and the you know the, the the clubhouse they do a great job of setting it up and you know just it's a real walkable course and man I'm super pumped to be there. Color me jealous, man. I mean I want to go to a golf tournament so bad. I don't know how many of our listeners have been to a golf tournament, but it is truly my favorite sporting event to attend. What other sporting event are you free to just walk around? don't want to be here anymore go just like enjoy an amazing walk like outdoors trees green grass birds chirping and go somewhere else like the freedom to walk around at a sporting event cold beer people cheering the roar of a birdie made like traveling through you it's just mm. ah i love it man i'm so jealous and uh you've also got um you've got a little um a little uh, i guess you could call it kind of a celebrity sighting um around one of the last dirt classics you went to right um help me out here i feel like you're trying to lead me somewhere <laughs> yeah i'm surprised you don't remember it oh um, jordan speed I, I yeah i definitely yeah, yeah. saw jordan speed out there got some good picks of him but uh the, the actually the memory that i thought of from my last uh Zurich classic was just how there's no other sport where you can pay a standard entry fee and be so close to the golfers i was walking um between two fairways and uh, just a random i don't even know what group it was because i was walking the other way hit a golf shot like right like four and like boom ball lands like literally right at my you know like 10 feet away and so what what the standard protocol is is you run right up next to it like you're literally standing on the ball and then because there's a crowd that's forming you know they all want to be close and so then the guys finally get there and like the caddy has to like move you back and so, like, of course, you move back as little as possible. And I'm telling you, this guy, I don't know what he, which golfer it was. I should remember this. But, like, when he took his backswing with his iron shot, like, it was, like, almost touching my nose hair. Like, I was that close to him. So, I feel bad for a little bit. But at the end of the day, like, these golfers are used to it. And, like, you get so close to him. And, like, they'll respond to you. Like, I got some fist bumps. Um, not from Jordan Spieth, but I did get some good uh, some good picks of him, like, teeing off and stuff. But – um, was there another was there another golfer that I can't remember? No, no, no. You um, let me help you out some more. You uh, you went and played some. You went and hit a you went and hit a casino after one of the rounds. Oh yeah, that was Jordan Spieth's caddy. Yeah, he was there at the <laughs> poker table with you, man. I love that story. Yeah, I played. Uh, I was playing poker um, at uh, Harris down in New Orleans. You know, right around that event and. Uh, there's some guy that you know. I don't know half the players or most of the players. There was some quiet guy there, and but I knew one of the one of the other one of my friends was playing there, and like he pulled me aside. He's like, "Dude, that's Jordan Spieth's caddy." And so I like, googled it, and it was like, "Sure is." It's like him playing right there. He's a real tight player. I don't think he he got out of line too much, and he wasn't very talkative or whatnot. But that was uh, definitely a cool experience. Love so. that man. Love that. Love that. Just think about that. You're just like, oh yeah, like golf tournament. Like, well, golf. Like golf for the day's over. Like, what am I gonna do? Like, go to the casino and play poker. Just like, ah, I just love those. Uh, I don't know, man. It's just Dude, like it's nice. It's nice when it's something real. You know, it's like, I don't know. Like, I guess part of me thinks like, it's like, oh, I gotta go back and eat like a healthy meal and get like a good night's sleep. And they're just like, no, man, these are just like guys, guys. You know, like at the casino. Yeah, so this, so all right, so that reminds me of like an even better story. I know we're getting a little bit off topic here, so I'll try and keep it quick. But I used to go play poker at uh, the Harris downtown in New Orleans here quite a bit, and I, I, I swear, I you not, I'm playing one day, and my dad is there. My dad is there. Swear to God, as my witness, um, we're sitting there playing, and I turn around, and Russell Westbrook of the Oklahoma City Thunder is standing at the at like the counter the cashier right there so i like put up but like i have to turn around so i I put up my phone and like turn it to selfie mode 
and like take a couple pictures of like him in the background. And so I have the photo evidence and he sees me doing this, comes up, takes my phone and starts calling me like buddy and champ and like chief and stuff and how I can't take pictures of him because, you know, I, this is, I don't have Twitter. I don't have Facebook at this time, but like he's, he doesn't want me to like post it and like, you know, his image of him being in a casino and stuff. So he like deletes my, the pictures from my phone and he knows this is clearly not his first time doing this. Because he also goes to my deleted folder, which I did not know existed on my phone, and deleted them from there too. Yeah. <laughs> it just like blew my mind. Awesome. It was like, I, yeah, I wanted to like. There were so many things I wanted to do, but at the end of the day, I was just like, all right, fine, like, sorry, man, but like, I wasn't gonna do anything with them. But anyway, really cool story. Um, he actually turned out to be a nice guy. Um, because I, I, I saw him going to the bathroom later, so I was like, hey, man, sorry about that. Um, but anyway, so yeah, yeah. Um. So that's great. Some that's cool stuff. Man. Some cool stories from from the vault. Um, all right, yeah, so anyway, we, let's talk. We might we might have to do a cool stories from the vault uh, episode at one point in time because we also got a Troy Polamalu one from Pittsburgh. But like, I guess we don't have time to talk about it. Do you remember that when his daughter oh, came over dude. at the sushi restaurant and you were you were eating <laughs> your sushi in uh, the sriracha and like Troy Polamalu's little daughter like comes over, climbs up on the stool next to you and was like. Is that spicy? It's <laughs> like, yeah, it was like, this is like the wildest thing ever. Oh, man. That's great. Uh, good times. Good times. All right. But all right. So now, I think that's to... related to golf. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, I think that was related to golf because yeah, that we was like golf. after we played. Exactly. But uh, coming full circle back to the Zurich Classic, um, there's uh, definitely a star studded field. Jordan Speed's not going to be there, but I know you like John Rahm. He's going to be playing with Ryan Palmer. You got Xander Shoffley playing with. Patrick Cantley, Bubba Watson's out there with Scotty Scheffler. Um, your boy Colin Morikawa's out there with Matthew Wolf, uh, Cameron Champ, and Tony Finau. Um, wh- what do you think, Mike? Who uh, who's uh, who's got your eye this weekend? Well, I wanted to ask you: Do you have any insight on the team pairings? I didn't have a chance to look this up. Um, will these these teams will stick together for all four days. And if that's the case, how are these teams made? Do you know anything about that? Yes, they will stay together all four days. There's 80 teams at the end of the second round. So after the day Friday, um, only the top 33 teams plus ties will make the weekend. And so we talked a little bit earlier about how one day they play, um, they play their own ball and then take the best score and then the other day they play alternating shot where one player tees off and then the next player hits the next shot and, you know, back and forth until they hole out. And then the opposite player from, you know, the one who teed off the last hole will not tee off the following hole. So um, that's what the, uh, that's what the, the format is. And then as regards to the teams, I believe that they had like, like they send invitations to, I think it's like the top 100 or, um, there's some, you know, qualification for, Hey, like you can play this if you want to. And, the, and then if you, you know, if you choose to play, you can pick as long as they're a PGA tour member, uh, you, they'll be your partner and they stick together the whole weekend. That's so. fascinating. That's really, I mean, it's just, I love it. I absolutely love when something's a little bit different. Um, very excited to watch this tournament. I really like the Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantley pairing i think uh xander's had a week to cool off after the old masters meltdown whoopsie everyone's had it it's all right xander um you know feel free to uh feel free to tweet at us on the uh it's it's a lock podcast and twitter if you want to uh, explain uh what happened there but like i said everyone does it masters meltdown we all thought uh, we were going to have something exciting you know you drop a turd on the uh on the 16th i mean Come on, dude. It's like the easiest part three out there. It's like a hole in one hole. But anyways, he's had a week to cool off. Patrick Canley's been striping the ball. I really like that pairing. It's interesting. Of course, you know I like John Rahm. Ryan Palmer's been playing uh, great golf. Um, you know, so I do like that pairing as well. Um, the one thing I like about uh, about the, the Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantley uh, pairing, I, in, in these formats where, you know, when something's different or when it's like kind of a lesser tournament, you know, there's not so much – kind of uh crazy competition online like not a major or something i like i like uh i like early tee times on the first day i think there's something about guys you know mm-hmm. coming out early 
um, you know, before the courses had to dry out, you know, kind of thing, especially when you, you get into the, the warmer months. Now, obviously, I know it's very humid in Louisiana, so you're not really looking at like a dry out situation. I don't think it's that type of course, but I still like early tee times. They've got like a 739, so I like them to get kind of an early jump on the field. Um, Cameron Champ, Tony Finau interests me a lot. Tony Finau playing great golf. Cameron Champ is a, is a real up-and-comer, long bomber. I'm going to be keeping an eye on that one. Um, and, and then I think, uh, you know, beyond that, I, I you know, Nick Watney, I, I'm not sure how, how Charlie Hoffman got paired up with Nick Watney. I thought that was interesting. I thought I didn't even know Nick Watney was on the tour anymore. I thought he was working like a Dairy Queen or something. I'm fascinated <laughs> to see how he is going to play, uh, just because Charlie Hoffman has been playing so well. Um, you know, and it's just, uh, it's just fascinating. So yeah, that, uh, that kind of, that kind of wraps up, uh, the, the, the team, uh, that I'm going to be keeping an eye on. What about you? Yeah, I, I tell you, I really like that uh, you were talking about Cameron Champ and Tony Finau. You know, they both came off really strong finishes at the Masters. I've got the odds, pull, odds pulled up right now for them. Um, top top 10 finish uh, for that pairing is plus 164. Um, you were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantley. They're uh, – co-favorites to to you know take home the 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 cheddar this weekend along with john rom and uh mr palmer they're both at plus 700 to win and then a top 10 finish is around minus 150 for <clears throat> either of those groups the other group that i thought was uh interesting and will probably be uh seeing a bet flip from me this weekend is bubba watson and he is paired with Scotty Scheffler. So they also both did really well at the Masters. Um, Bubba Watson tied for 26, and Scotty Scheffler tied for 18th. So I don't know. For some reason, I just uh, I, I like uh, you know Bubba Watson being a fellow lefty. I think the course uh, suits him well. They're they're both uh, you know bombers that uh, have good recent results. Um, getting plus 150 on a top 10 for them, and then. Uh, Tony Finau and Cameron Champ, like we were talking about, plus ten, uh, plus one sixty four for a top ten. I did want to mention, uh, I do happen to have some odds up for leader after round one. Um, were you talking about Tony Finau and Cameron Champ, or wh- which which uh, pairing did you like for that? Like for what? Like for leader after yeah. the first round? Yeah, you were saying something about an early tee time. Oh, that was uh, Xander Shoffley and um, uh, Patrick Canley. They got a seven thirty nine a.m. Okay, well, for them, leader after round one is plus 1,100, whereas their odds to win the tournament outright are plus 700. So maybe that is uh, uh, the, the play uh, to make here. Mm, interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's fascinating. That, that is fascinating. I, I kind of I like that bet. That's, that's what I'm going to have to roll around in my head a little bit, man. That's um... – yeah, there's there's yeah. there's definitely uh, I think there's some money to be made here, man. I really I really do. Yeah, I like that bet. Um, you know, we'll talk a little bit about. Uh, I'm gonna, well, I'll save it, but you know, I will. You know, no spoilers, but uh, the old uh, the old lock of the week will be from the uh, Zurich Classic. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Same here. One of the ones I mentioned will uh, be getting that gold star. Um, any other? Uh... Any other bets or angles you like here for the Zerg Classic before we move on to a little MLB discussion? That kind of covers what I'm going to be looking at. I, I really think the money to be made is going to be, uh, you know, on the weekend. I'm, you know, I, I know in the past I have thrown out, you know, uh, winner picks early. Um, but I really kind of like to talk about who I like. And then keep an eye on our Twitter at It's a Lock Podcast. And I will be tweeting out the picks for the weekend um, after Friday's round. I know sometimes that comes out a little bit late. I'm on the West Coast, but just keep an eye out for it um, because I really feel confident about, uh, you know, making an assessment after Thursday, Friday as to how we can make some money on the weekend. Love it. Yeah, there's nothing really – it's almost like the live betting version of golf, mm-hmm. um, you know, catching them in between rounds, seeing who's hot, seeing, you know, how – how the teams are meshing, you know, you, you were talking earlier about how there's some teams that, you know, kind of made you furrow your brow a little bit. So, um, you know, getting a, a little bit of information uh, never hurt in making a decision. So, um, yeah, with that, let's uh, talk a little bit of baseball. Got a soundbite coming at you.
All right. So we are not blessed with Nitty Nate's presence this podcast, but I am. Uh, I do have some results from our last week's pod where uh, Nitty Nate gave out a lock of the week with the Padres over the Pirates, a minus 240 money line favorite that was a loser, a value <laughs> bet. I love I love this, the value bet. Um, I, I, I want to somehow incorporate that every, every pod. But with the Washington Nationals over St. Louis at plus 102, that was a loser. And the Tampa Bay Rays over the Texas Rangers, which if you remember, I wrote down wrong or I misinterpreted and thought we were rooting for the Rangers this whole time. But turns out, no, we're actually rooting for the Rays. Which stinks because they lost too. So <laughs> I love I just I love that his model was running at ninety percent over thirty-five games before the cast. I mean, that is like classic. I mean, it is the curse is real, folks. The curse is real. I mean, it's uh it's it's almost something to be impressed with, to be honest with you. Yeah, so I guess just to add a little more color to that story, um, after the pod last week, Nitty Nate calls me up and he's like, "Hey, man, you know, I just want to let you know, like, this big dumb model, man. I don't know what's going on. I'm gonna look into it, but it's smoking hot right now. It's hitting at like ninety percent, you know, of the like thirty-five games that I, you know, because I just dusted it off. And so, you know, I'm like, oh man, that's freaking sweet. And then a couple of days pass, and he's sending us both, you know, uh, he's sending us both like sheets of bets you know, from that model. And he goes like, over, like over five, over 10. So this is like 15 straight losses. And he sends me, a, <laughs> he sends us a text. And he's like, dude, your podcast is cursed. <laughs> <laughs> hadn't heard, uh, hadn't seen a bet since. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Nate. Didn't, uh, didn't know that you weren't fully prepared to have your model cursed, man. I thought that that was kind of uh, a precursor to the show. You know, I, th- I thought you knew that that would happen. So sorry you were surprised, man. But, um, you know, it, it almost makes me feel like you haven't been listening because, um, you know, we That's were going we were, we were to rename the cast Humble Pie. And uh, <laughs> there's a reason for it. Uh, and that's that the curse is real, man. So, yeah, I didn't uh, didn't realize that you didn't see that coming. But uh, but now, you know, and um, and we'll, we obviously want you back on to, uh, you know, to, to wallow redemption. around in the humble pie with us. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe this is a good, you know, set up for a redemption story. You know, you called it the big dumb model, you know, and now it does kind of seem like a big dumb model. But uh, we know that you built it and that you can fix it. And this will be you know, a great success story. And we'll make a lot of cheddar in the process. So absolutely. Um, yeah. Can't wait to have you back on. Um, in the meantime, I do have a couple of storylines. Um, the Yankees, you know, looking at the the, the different uh, you know the different divisions, the the AL East, the Yankees suck. They're five and ten. Um, they're minus one thirty still, so they're still the favorites to win that division. Meanwhile, Red Sox, the Red Sox are hot. They're eleven and six, and they're plus four hundred. So, Mad Money Mike, the first thing I thought of when I you know when I kind of took a look at the standings recently was, wow, like we need to jump on the Red Sox. And then it just so happened that uh, when I was, you know, doing a little more, uh, you know, just analysis and research, I found an article that was titled MLB Overreactions. And like two of the five storylines in there were about the Yankees are not bad. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And like the Red Sox still stink. Like don't bet on them. So that was uh, pretty fortuitous, I guess, to kind of answer that question of should we, you know, pile it on the Red Sox at plus 400? I think it may be a little too early, huh? It's so hard to say. I got to be honest with you, man. Um, you know, I mean, since then, you know, I mean, the Red Sox have won the last two games. You know, they're still at 12 and 6. They've still got a stranglehold on the AL East. You know, it's so early. You play so many games. And I, am, for one, am a believer that you just, there's no way to know. There's just literally no way to know how baseball is going to go until honestly like 75% of the way through the season. I think anything through, you know, the first 75% of the regular season of MLB, like you might as well be like playing Keno or something like there. I just, I feel like it is just so random in terms of who's going to win on any given day. Um, You know, it, 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 it's 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 basically for me it's an impossible bet. Um, but in terms of 
starting to get a gauge on, you know, what teams, you know, I mean, I, I plus 400, that's great value. How, how can you not, I mean, how can you not, you know, like dabble a little bit in plus 400, you know, it's not going to get any better. I'll tell you that much, you know, yeah. I mean, unless all of a sudden they go on, like, I don't know, again, we're 18 games in, it almost feels silly to even talk about it. I like to dabble when I see things like plus 400 for a team that's like got a stranglehold on the lead right now. But then here I am using the term stranglehold and we're 18 games in, you know, so it's like, <laughs> you know, the whole I almost it, feel like almost... we're in March Madness territory <laughs> with regards to like understanding of how to bet baseball. Oh yeah, if you uh, if you want to see, yeah, if you want to go, if you man, yeah, I, I can give you a, a dissertation on how to lose money right now. If you want to talk about betting, it'll be uh, yeah. So I like to just keep an eye on things. I you know that's it. I don't even know what else to say. I like to just keep an eye on things. It's fun to dabble. If you have a little bit of extra money that you feel like losing, my recommendations are things like no runs in the first inning, you know, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. Those are some fun sweats. Yeah. Stuff like that where, you know, you're going to, you're going to know, I don't know. And you can also bet over unders or whatever, just for fun. I like, I like, I like trying to find a way to bet on, MLB for low amounts of money and finding some way to get, you know, fun out of it because I feel like trying to pick winners is uh is tough, man. Look for props, you know, whatever. But that but that's my only take on MLB this early. Yeah. All right. Well I'll tell you what, we'll round uh, we'll round out. I just had a couple other interesting stories and kind of, you know, pointed questions. So we'll uh, we'll we'll round the bases here quickly. Um in the in the AL Central, the the Minnesota Twins keep falling. They're six and nine. They've got COVID problems. The Royals are nine and six, leading the division plus seventeen hundred to win the division. Indians eight and seven plus eight fifty to win the division. The White Sox, in the meantime, uh, still in it, I guess. Uh, nine and nine, so uh, second place in the division. But an interesting story that uh, I wanted to share was over the weekend, the White Sox pitcher. Which what's his name here? Yeah, Carlos Rodon was eight and a third innings, so two outs away from a perfect game, meaning nobody got on base. No hits, no walks, no hit by pitches, no errors, no nothing. He hit uh the Cleveland catcher in the in the, in the ninth inning with a, a pitch on his foot with two strikes and one out in the ninth. So lost his perfect game, still threw a no hitter. Uh, that was the only, you know, Roberto Perez was the only guy after he got hit in the foot to get on base. And crazy enough, that is the only no that is the second, only the second no hitter thrown so far this year. And the other no hitter was one hit by pitch away from a perfect game as well. What? So, and that was, was that that was the Padres, right? Yes. Padres right-hander Joe Musgrove did so last Friday as well. Yeah, and I think that that was the first no-hitter in Padres. Well, there was some. There was some stat. I don't know if it was first in Padres history. That doesn't sound like it could be right, but there was some other like stat about that first no-hitter in Padres. I don't know a long time or something like that. I don't know. Anyways, but that is absolutely wild that they both were a one-hit batsman away from a perfect game. That's that's insane. Yeah, and I so I love that story just exactly based on what you're saying, and it's also a really interesting, uh, I guess, two sides of the coin here compared to the Colorado Rockies. And so I found this article from the Denver Post. So you know, like the local paper kind of poo-pooing on uh, their baseball team based on how uh, badly they're doing. So. The Rockies are on early pace to challenge a 106-year-old MLB record for walks allowed in a single season. And so this entire article is the Denver Post just thrifting on the Colorado Rockies, who are apparently on pace for 822 walks in a season, where the record is 827 set back in 1915. So, Yeah, you want to talk about Snooze Fest, uh, head to – Head to Colorado and uh, you know I don't know smoke a doobie and watch one of these baseball games and uh, <laughs> just watch them watch them round the bases at uh, four miles an hour. Hey folks, we just got a doobie reference on four twenty. Don't let that one slip by. Kudos, Brent. Nice, nice plug there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I definitely planned that. Uh, <laughs> hey, 
Hey, real quick, I just want to jump in. Uh, the uh, the live uh, the live Google has just let me know that that was correct. Padres were the last MLB team without a no hitter ever in existence since 1969. The team had never had a no hitter, so first no hitter in club history since 1969. That's pretty awesome. Wow, that's off Musgrove. Yeah. Excellent stuff. Tons of records being broken. Baseball really does uh, keep you on the edge of your seat. Real riveting sport. So um, <laughs> with that, I did want to talk about <laughs> the NL Central, the, the Pirates, which ruined our best bet last week, um, beating up on the Padres. They've actually just went – they've won two out of three versus the Brewers, and they swept the Padres um, two for two. They are sitting at seven and nine in – and in the in the NL Central, they're plus eight thousand to win the division. So, Mad Money Mike, you and I both have spent some time up in Pittsburgh. I mean, surely this is another you know opportunity where we can sprinkle a little cheddar on and uh, you know be on for the ride, huh? I mean, plus eight thousand, seven and nine. Let me see where that sits in the division. It can't be that bad. Oh, it's pretty bad. I mean. A lot of games in, but they're fourth in the division. Reds, Brewers, Cardinals, all better than them. Let me tell you something. If you want a quick way to lose money, put anything on the Pirates to win the division. I mean, you want to lose 50 cents? Go ahead. Anything. (laughs) Whatever you want to put on them, that's a loss. I hate to break it to you. Pittsburgh has a – they've got a a mantra, which is that, uh, you know, it's such a sports town. I mean, who knows? I could be wrong. Maybe we'll get some hate mail about this. But it feels like they're going to make money regardless. So they don't pay. They just like they don't pay. Like they're it's it's a, it's a yeah. value club. They don't they don't pay to get any good players. They ship off good players. It's just like people go because Pittsburgh's a sports town. They love to go. It's a beautiful stadium. It's a beautiful scenery. But like they don't go because they think the team's going to win. Every once in a while, catch a little lightning in a bottle. Maybe have a streak of a couple good seasons. But we're not at that point right now. Um, I just think you're talking about like the Cardinals, you know, you're in the same division as the Cardinals, Reds, Brewers, Cubs. So just, uh, but you know, plus 8,000, maybe, like I said, you know, if you want to, if you want to see how far, you know, you can chuck two quarters in a river or, or you can, you know, put them all plus 8,000, uh, good luck to you, but I will, uh, I'll have to, I'll have to watch that one from the sidelines, my man. Well, I, I gotta say you, you, you said a lot of words there and one of them were value. So you got me, and I'm in, and plus eight thousand <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a deal. Um, but yeah, no, I I completely agree with what you're saying. Um, you know, I've actually been to Pirates games with you. It is uh, definitely an excellent experience, similar to uh, going to a golf tournament where um, you're there for more reasons, just for the sport. So um, yeah, kind of bringing back some memories here. Um, oh yeah, big time. Yeah, the last thing I want to talk about were some change some rule changes made to the atlantic league which is you know uh a developmental league or i'm not sure if that's the same as a minor league but you know one of the one of the triple a leagues coming up uh mm-hmm. as a farm team for major league baseball and uh how they how they do it is the major league baseball tests out rule changes for the atlantic league before they introduce them you know full swing into the the major league baseball you know, league. So the two changes that they're implementing this year are moving the mound back one foot from 60 and a half feet to 61 and a half feet. And they're implementing a rule change called the double hook, which is when you change out your starting pitcher, you lose your designated hitter. So I, I, I think that uh, the impetus behind these changes are to try and get a quicker game and to try and get more hits and more action. And I think there are good changes. And Mad Money Mike, I'm curious if you agree or if you think, you know, if you're a, if you're a get off my lawn kind of, uh, you know, old and sturdy, I like the rules the way they are. You know, history means something. What do you think? Never, dude. Absolutely not. It's get on my lawn when it comes to baseball. I want to see, I want, I want to see uh, mandatory steroids. Everyone has to be on juice. I want to see, I want to see like corked bats. I want to see, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously I am kind of joking with those two, but the point here is no, definitely rule changes, make the game fun, make the game shorter. Like baseball 
Ooh, I don't, I, we're probably going to get some hate mail on this one, man. But, like, dude, baseball sucks, man. Baseball sucks. Like, if you're not going to the game and, like, having a good time with your buds and, like, knocking back some brew dogs, like, baseball sucks. Can you imagine turning on a baseball game on TV? Who does that, man? Dude, this is 2021. There's not a chance. I, I know for a fact you have never turned on a baseball game and watched it from beginning to end. Be honest right now. Have you? Okay, I'm not going to answer that. Regular season, regular season, (laughs) regular season. I'm not going to answer that question, but what I will say is that just this past week, for the first time in probably decades, I actually watched part of a baseball game. Yeah, part, exactly. Bingo. Like, part is like, there's like that, there's like that movie out there that everyone's like seen a part of, like, oh yeah, I watched the beginning. Dude, it's. It it has to you gotta have rule changes, man. You gotta spice it up. So I love to see this. Moving the mound back obviously is gonna lead to more hits. I'll be interested to see the statistics on that though, because I'm not quite sure. I mean, yeah, I guess more hits would lead to a shorter game because like more hits and then like that person who hit the ball gets out quicker because it's like Oh, I'll say I was saying the the first, you know, the mound move is for more hits, more action, and then the double hook is to try and make the game shorter because there'll be fewer pitching changes. Well, no, I understand that. But what I'm saying is, like, do they uh, do they counter each other? Like, all of a sudden, because there's more hits, like, in more action, that actually makes innings go longer because these guys are just, like, getting hits. But I don't think that's the case because I think, you know, bat on ball doesn't necessarily equate to, like, the inning lasting longer. Bat on ball may just result in ground out, fly out, you know, all that stuff. Uh-huh. So, you know, but but it's still exciting. You know, like just hearing the crack yeah. of the bat, seeing it go, watching a defender make a play, that is in itself exciting. Way more exciting than like, oh, there's another strike. There's another ball. Like, a <laughs> oh, my bad. Sorry for all the kids out there. <laughs> you know, the catcher caught another ball. You know, it's like, dude, we don't want to see like, you know, we want to hear the crack of the bat. We want that excitement. So um, very excited for uh, for these rules, man. I want to keep an eye on this, man. And hopefully this leads to, uh, you know, like, you know, they're obviously trying it out in a farm league, and, and hopefully some of this stuff makes it to the MLB, man. I, I really like it a lot. Yeah, one other uh, one other item that they're uh, currently testing is the robo-ump. So I think uh, – I don't know of anybody that – besides, like, a true purist that uh, doesn't want to see that. I mean, who 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 is not in favor of fewer errors? I mean, we've all seen the pitch that, you know, I can't believe they called that a strike. Um, so, yeah, definitely with you there. All right, I'll yeah. tell you what, we are uh, we are coming up on uh, time here. So we had – I think we'll probably save the discussion around the NBA and the NHL for further weeks. Um, I just will note that the NBA play-in tournament starts May 18th and the Ooh. NHL playoffs start May 16th. Um, Mad Money Mike, any, any cursory comments on either of those two sports? Well, NBA just uh, – it, it is starting to get a little bit exciting. We're getting pretty deep in the season. Um, I love the NBA, man. I really just – you know, I, I, I still get a little bit out of shape about load management. You know, it, it's it's still tough. Uh, so, you know, obviously you got to do your diligence. If you're betting on games, like make sure who's playing and who's not. I'm, I mean, I'm getting a lot of like – getting a lot of pop-ups like so-and-so sitting like, you know, right before the game starts. So, it. It's tough, man. The NBA is making it tough to bet on and and tough to get excited about with all the load management stuff. But regardless, it's still NBA, and we're still getting close to the playoffs. So that's super exciting. Um, uh, in the playing starting May 18th, that's less than a month away. So you know that just shows how close we're getting to uh, what is one of my favorite times of year: NBA playoffs and NHL. Um, Man, I wish I had some joke about what NHL stands for. I don't know, man. Hockey's fine. You know, we, you know, I, I like to like joke about, you know, uh, hockey, but playoff hockey's fun. And um, I, I literally know nothing about it. So I always like to say, please tweet us or send us an email. Let us know what you know about hockey and what your hockey locks are so we can talk about them on the show. Excellently said. I, going back to the NBA, you're talking about load, load management. I did have an interesting statistic. I wasn't able to find the article, but we'll save it for next week as it relates to uh, to the load management and star sitting. But yeah, definitely uh, send us send us your emails, send us your tweets at it's a lot podcast, no apostrophes. Let us know uh, what you guys are thinking for <clears throat> either NBA or NHL. 
Um, we'll close out, I guess, with kind of a little teaser for uh, before we move to, to locks of the week and Diaper Dad Diaries, just uh, about the NFL, the draft starting, you know, not this coming Thursday, but, you know, nine, ten days from now, next week, Thursday, uh, the NFL draft. So next episode, we'll be doing uh, in-depth analysis. There's a lot of prop bets and also just overall discussion. You know, this uh, this podcast, you know, prides itself and its NFL acumen. So uh, definitely stay tuned for that. Moving into anti-bet of the week, Cheeto's anti-bet of the week is for Tony Finau and Cameron Champ to not make the top 10. So let's, so that's, uh, she's back. She's back yeah. and she's hungry. So. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty interesting anti-bet there. I mean, I almost feel like, I mean, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say somebody's anti-bet is not an anti-bet, but like before the tournament even starts, I mean, no, 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 of course it's an anti-bet because they're a favorite to make the top 10. So that's an anti-bet. So, but I just, I feel like that's a good bet. And in that regard, I feel like that may make it not an anti-bet, but at the same time, if I think it's a good bet, then that means it might lose. Hold on. I'm trying to do the math on this one. I don't know. Good luck, Cheeto. Honestly. Uh, you're, you're, you're four and I one. I want to see, <laughs> I want to see her get to five and one. I'm rooting for it. But, I don't, uh... I don't. And it'll make a lot more sense once we get to the locks of the week. So yeah, let's do that. Sure. Okay. I'm right. coming at you. All right, so as you can probably guess, my lack of the week is Tony Finau and Cameron Champ, top 10 finish at plus 164. They both played super well at the Masters, and I like them as a team. I think that they hit the long ball, and they've got the irons, and if they can bring the putters, then uh, that's going to be some sweet cheddar and also an even sweeter second loss to Cheetos Anti-Bet. Mad Money Mike, what's your lack of the week? Lock of the week is, drumroll, Shoffley Cantlay tournament match bet to beat Smith Leishman. I think the uh, the mustachioed crocodile wrestler, uh, you know, pitters off uh, the way he did at the end of the RBC this week. Uh, I, I don't know how he got paired up with Mark Leishman, but uh, but there's no way these guys have chemistry. Cantley, Shoffley, on the other hand, match made in heaven. Oregon Lottery scoreboard has it minus 140. That means the rest of the world probably gets it at minus 110. That is my lock of the week tournament match bet, Shoffley Cantley over Smith Leishman. Excellent. Love it. And definitely another plug for our viewers, loyal listeners. Send us your lock bets at It's a Lock Podcast on Twitter. Okay. All right. Moving into Diaper Dad Diaries. Mike, I'm going to let you go first here based on uh, what I'm assuming is an interesting last couple of weeks. Go ahead. The floor is yours. Yeah, I don't. I don't have anything too uh, too well for the diaper dad diaries. Obviously, Whoa. it's just been. <laughs> yeah, it's just been. Uh, it's it's been a lot of day in and day out slog. But we did have something kind of funny happen. Uh, you know, we finally got some good weather here in uh, in the northwest. We got the baby out. We got her. Um, you know, in the front yard and and uh, you know everyone's out walking. You know, it's that time of year. Neighbors walking the dog hole nine yards, and uh, we're making small talk with some neighbors, and you just cannot turn your head away from these kids these days we turn back she's got a mouth full of grass she has been <laughs> ripping up the grass we didn't realize she had like she was like over by the edge of the blanket and like we thought she was like playing with her toys but like i said you turn your head for one second you're chatting with the neighbors all of a sudden you look back mouth full of grass so it's like we're new parents it's probably embarrassing but we're like uh, you know like we start like uh, like trying to get the grass out of her mouth and it's like I mean, I don't know. I, I feel embarrassed even telling the story, to be honest with you. But it's like, you know, whatever. You like get as much grass out of your mouth. I just like, you know, and like now the neighbors are like watching us. And we're just like, and like, of course, she like we got our <laughs> fingers in her mouth. She hates it. She's screaming. We're like trying to get grass out. Like, I don't even know what they were thinking, honestly. Like, do they have a bunch of kids? Do they, are they already at the point where they like realize it doesn't matter? But anyways, mouthful of grass. We get as much as we can. Um, later. Uh, as you know, anyone with newborns knows, or not, it's not newborn anymore, but like new babies, 
whatever they eat, you know, you find out about it later. So we open up a diaper and there is grass. So like whatever amount of grass that we thought we got out of our mouth, we like, if you thought we got it all out of our mouth, we found out later that we didn't grass just comes right through. And, uh, and so we thought that was hilarious to, uh, open up the diaper to, uh, to, to some grass, you know, or, or the, she's, uh, she's obviously got a, a knack for, um, yard work you know she's going to be a lawnmower apparently so yeah that was uh that that was a whole funny uh you know experience from from the time she got it in her mouth until the till the time we saw it again later man so that is my diaper dad diary of the week oh man that's excellent definitely can relate to that kramer is just such a such a similar spot we're just loving to put things in his mouth except the food that we're trying to feed him (laughs) (laughs) but uh i got got a little bit of a rapid fire here for you for my diaper dad diaries um one of them is just how just earlier today we're outside and uh, chittam's on the hammock and i'm sitting there um she's holding kramer and we're just trying to teach him like hello and like high five and like you know showing her hands and like raising her hands up and so we start doing like a little high five and just like she's, you know, moving his arm to give me a high five. And he just like he was, you know, he's in a good mood. And all of a sudden he just starts. He loves it. He's just cracking up. And like the, that baby's laughter, that innocent baby laughter. Mm, we just mm, got mm. like a full double dose of it for like 10 minutes. We milked oh. it. You know, we milked it so long. Just like her swinging back and forth, us doing high fives, low fives, foot fives <laughs> for 10 minutes. Actually took a. Uh, Took a little video. I know kid pictures and kid videos are not funny if it's not your kid, but uh, if we get enough interest on uh, on Twitter or you know viewer emails, we'll uh, maybe post that on Twitter for uh, for you for you guys to see. So that was the one from today that you know was really uh, a heartwarming moment. Um, a couple other ones not so heartwarming. Um, where my parents this past weekend for that floods volleyball tournament I talked about earlier, and uh, Kramer just like started crawling up like literally rock climbing up the the entertainment center trying to get to the tv <laughs> like the boy did a full-on chin-up and he climbed up luckily he fell softly but he i just can't believe like this kid is so strong he literally did a chin-up so that was a uh, little shocker number one and then shocker number two is just back here at the house we've got a doggy door and I guess all of a sudden Kramer just realized like, oh, yeah, I can go out that doggy door. I'm out, guys. I'll see you all later. Luckily, wow. he has not fallen through it yet, but he's done everything. But luckily, we catch him at the last second. He'll just, he's, he's scooting all over the place now. He's so quick. You're just talking the same thing with you. You look away for one second. Next thing you know, he's just like freaking uh, – Yosem- it's not Yosemite Sam. Uh, which uh, – yeah, he's just, <laughs> just BB gone, like one arm through the doggy door, just like his feet are like just about to get up, like he, you know he's about to fall through to the cement the other side, like have to catch him like three different times. Oh man, I'm sure I've got so many gray hairs right now, but luckily no injuries yet. <laughs> no, uh, no injuries that have left permanent marks yet. That's pure gold, man. That's pure gold, dude. I couldn't uh, couldn't agree with you more on the child's laughter, man. Like it makes it, it it's unbelievable what that makes up for man like whatever stress whatever man when you get when you get some of that good laughter like that 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 just pure innocent little baby mm-hmm. laughter it's like oof, man feel like you can feel like you can cure anything with that man uh so that's that's so cool and it's just wild to hear about him just like climbing and crawling stuff because you know you're two months ahead i don't know valley i don't know if it's a boy girl thing or or just i mean you know kids are like snowflakes are all different but i'm just I'm not sure she's going to be there in two months, but I guess a lot changes in two months, man. It's just crazy to hear, crazy to hear about him, uh, you know, being two months ahead and, uh, you know, makes me excited, uh, you know, for, for Valley to get to that point. But I'm sure you would probably say like, just enjoy her not being mobile. (laughs) Yeah. Watch what you wish for. I have no doubt that Valley will be there in no time flat and it'll be, uh, It'll be a mixed blessing, let's put it that way. Of course, it's awesome <laughs> to see a kid grow and develop and just begin to, you know, use and, and, and understand his his body. But like we we're talking about, the risks that come with that are uh, definitely shaving years off our lives. So. <laughs> For sure. Well, well, guys, that uh, Mad Money Mike and dear loyal listeners, that is going to close out this week's episode number 13, Round in the Sports Bases. 
Thanks so much for tuning in. Next week, like I mentioned, we'll be focused on the NFL draft. So please do not forget to tune in next week if you care anything about the NFL, which is, of course, our primary focus. So with that, Mad Money Mike, any closing comments? All I want to say, man, is as always, I love it, man. This is uh this is just a this is always a highlight for me, man. It's uh I love doing it with you. I enjoyed it thoroughly as always. Uh, can't wait to uh, to get some tweets out. Just everybody, make sure you're keeping an eye on Twitter. Like I said, we'll we'll get one out definitely Friday night before the weekend round of the Zurich. Tweet us, email us. Can't wait to do it again, my man. Excellent, ditto. Cannot agree more. So with that, we will close it out. This episode of It's a Lock podcast is a lock. Peace. That'll do it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in. On behalf of Mad Money Mike, this is Big Bet Brent saying so long and see you next week.